Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. It is SNY.TV's The Juice on the Cuse podcast, covering Syracuse basketball, lacrosse, and football. Today on The Juice on the Cuse podcast on SNY.TV, we'll be talking about the 2018-19 Syracuse basketball season and a resurgent orange football team. I'm Wes Chang, and I'll be joined later by Brad Bierman, and our guest today is Syracuse.com's Mike Waters. Mike, how are you today? I'm good, Wes. Good to talk to you again. Mike, it's always a pleasure on this end as well, and I want to get you started on this one. Syracuse comes in as one of the most experienced teams in the country. They're going to be a top 25 team to start the season. Do you think they're worth the hype? Uh, yeah, I believe so. Um, you don't know exactly what you're getting from some of the freshmen or the newcomers, but you do know you have a veteran group with you know five returning starters from a team that played pretty well down the stretch and obviously played very well in the NCAA tournament. Uh, you look around at the, the ACC and the rest of the country, and it's it's such a guessing game these days because a lot of the teams that you think are going to be good, you think it because of uh, some big-time recruits they have coming in. and um, you, you really don't know how good the freshmen are going to play right away. I think, in a way, Syracuse might be actually more of a known quantity uh, than a lot of the other teams that are ranked in the top 20 in the preseason. Mike, one of the things about this year's team is that they're a very deep team. And an article on Syracuse.com quoted Jim Beheim as saying he may go nine and even ten deep this year in his rotation. Do you actually see that happening? No, I don't. Uh, <laughs> a lot of times he'll say, and I don't mean that to be flip. Um, a lot of times in October or early November, you might hear Jim Beheim say, we have nine or ten guys who can play. And he's just talking about in terms of the you know quality of players he likes he likes who he has you know nine ten deep. He never really will say, and I'm going to play all ten. I mean, he really <laughs> believes in more of an eight man rotation, seven to eight man rotation for him works. And every once in a while, the ninth guy will get in and have a moment or a few minutes in a game here or there where he could play as well. And really. Jim Beheim's philosophy towards that rotation isn't that different from a lot of other very successful coaches. Now, the difference is, is other coaches might play six, seven, eight guys, uh, but everybody rotates. Jim, if he's got a guy on his roster that he feels like just has to be on the floor, he'll play that guy. Um, every year we see a, a guy from Syracuse will be in, in the top three in the, in the conference in terms of minutes played. And then, of course, we, you know, we've had some recent years where because of either defections or injuries or whatever, uh, Jim's had to work with some really thin rotations. And then last year was probably the, the, the best example of that, uh, what with guys leaving the program like Torian Thompson and then Geno Thorpe a few games into the season and then injuries to some guys. Um, you know, they were having to play five guys, five scholarship guys, uh, 
sometimes six scholarship guys. Braden Bear, a walk-on, was playing in conference games and, and of course, played the last six and a half minutes of the uh, NC, uh, Michigan State game in, in the NCAA tournament. I, I, I still can't believe uh, the, the one stat that stands out to me from last year is uh, Billy Owens had held the school record for minutes played uh, on average per game. Had held it for 27 years. And last season, three guys broke the record. Carol Shabrisat, Tyus Battle, and Frank Howard all played more minutes per game than Billy Owens did back in 1991. And that was just incredible. Mike, you kind of touched on it about the incoming freshmen. Buddy Beheim, Jalen Carey, Robert Braswell. Do you see any of these guys among those seven or eight guys in the rotation? Yeah, I think the one, to, to, the obvious pick is Jalen Carey, the, the guard out of New York City. Uh, who played his high school ball out in Montclair, New Jersey at Immaculate Conception. I think he's a, an athletic, dynamic kid, um, you know, aggressive with the ball. I think he's going to be able to play a little bit at the point and a little bit at the two. Um, how much time he gets at the two, I mean, who really knows? We have Tyus Battle coming back at, at shooting guard. Uh, there's not going to be a ton of minutes there, but I think you look at Jalen as probably the one freshman who's going to be in line for a good chunk of minutes and would be in line for even more had Tyus Battle gone pro. Uh, the other two freshmen, Buddy Bayheim, 6'5", six, six, shooting guard, 6'6", six, six maybe, kind of, you know, growing still a little bit. Um, you know, hard to say how many minutes he's going to get. It's a large, you know, factor for him is it's going to be how well the team is playing offensively. And if they, if they get better offensively, I don't know how much time Buddy's going to get as a freshman. Now, if the team is struggling like it did a year ago, struggling to find points and make shots, then his shooting ability might be something that's going to force Jim Beheim to get his son out there because he's a really good left-handed shooter from three-point range. I'm hearing good reports on Robert Braswell, uh, the, the skinny 6'8", 6'9", kid out of South Carolina. Um, good offensive player, another kid who can shoot the ball, but with O'Shea Brissett, Marek Dolajai, and even Elijah Hughes ahead of him at the forward position, um, there's not going to be a lot of consistent minutes for him once we get past New Year's. I'm glad you just mentioned Elijah Hughes because you talked about a glut at shooting guard and also at the wing. So where does he fit into this rotation? Uh, Jim Mayhunt told me a couple weeks ago Elijah Hughes is a forward. Period. End of sentence at least for this season. <laughs> uh, so he will play on the back line uh, with, with Tyus Battle, Frank Howard returning at guard, with Jalen Carey in the backcourt, with, with Buddy uh, also as a shooting guard option. And to get Elijah Hughes uh, the most minutes they can, and they do want to get in minutes, he's got to play small forward this year. He's a strong kid. He's 6'6", uh, but good, good size. He's well-built at like 210, 215. Uh, so, in a way, he's going to play that forward spot uh, along the same lines like Andrew White and Malachi Richardson have in recent years. Um, and I think he can really help Syracuse overcome some of its offensive struggles from a year ago. Now, the big question uh, entering the preseason here is whether Elijah will start, which probably means Marek Dolajai, who finished last season in the starting lineup after taking over for Matt Moyer, um, Morek might, you know, return to the bench and be a sixth man, or the other, um, the other option is Morek continues as the starter, and Elijah Hughes kind of fills the Dion Waiters instant offense off the bench role. 
And I liked that role for those, you know, couple years for Dion. And I could see Elijah playing it really, you know, filling it nicely again this season. But either way, those three guys, Marek, O'Shea, and, and Elijah, will be rotating at the forward spots. Mike, we'll get you out of here on this one. Every year I get a prediction from you. Every year you're spot on. So I'll ask you for your prediction on how the Syracuse basketball season plays out. Well, I don't know if my predictions are spot on. You're being kind or, or very forgetful. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I think they're going to be good. Um, I think Syracuse fans are going to be able to enjoy a year where they're not uh, watching a team that's on the NCAA bubble down the stretch. Uh, probably a top four, top five finish in the ACC is reasonable, at least to me. Um, you look at the other teams that you know being mentioned up there, and you know, after you get past Duke, which just has you know an amazing array of talent, albeit all young talent, freshmen. Uh, but still, once you get past them, I think Syracuse matches up pretty well with anybody in the league, including your Virginia and North Carolina. Uh, I think they'll all be there together. Clemson's got a lot of guys back from a, a team that did well in the NCAA tournament last year, another good team. So, you know, if we see a regular season of 23 wins or so, and that's regular season, um, then, you know, we'll just kind of see how they go. I mean, Syracuse could be better than last year, but they might, they still may or may not get to the Sweet 16. I mean, last year's run was, was unexpected and almost didn't happen at all because they almost didn't even get into the tournament. So I, I think this is going to be a, a much better Syracuse team and it's going to be a much better season. And then we'll just see how March plays out. Mike, thanks so much again for coming on the podcast again. Mike Waters from Syracuse.com. Great job as always. Enjoy the season. We'll speak with you soon. Always good to talk to you, Wes. Thanks for having me on the cat podcast. Great stuff from our friend Mike Waters, and I'm now joined over the phone by the Juice Online Editor-in-Chief and my very good friend, Brad Bierman. Brad, how are you today? I am doing well, Wes. Thank you. Looking forward to basketball upcoming, and man, wow, you can't be an Orange fan and not have loved that performance at Clemson last week. Absolutely, Brad. And let's talk about that performance. Syracuse with a heartbreaking 27-23 loss at Clemson on Saturday. Syracuse gave the number two team in the country all they could handle, leading with 41 seconds left to go. Brad, it's still a loss, but as you said, you have to feel good about how the Orange played. I feel good about the effort, but it stings, Wes, because I really thought Syracuse was going to win this game flat out. I really thought they were going to go down there. This was going to be Eric Dungy's signing moment a la Don McPherson in the undefeated 87 season. I really am a believer in what he's done with this program, how he's really emerged as a leader. I was expecting a victory as this season has played out going into that game. So it really stings from that standpoint, especially how it occurred with just the near misses. I just couldn't get them off on fourth down. Syracuse just misses converting on a fourth down because of a penalty. And I guess the other thing that comes out of it, it really stood out and Coach Babers addressed it after the game and also in his Monday press conference, missed tackles. There were opportunities there, Wes, to make fundamental tackles in that game, but like any other sport, it is a game of inches, and it just slipped away in the end, and you really have to give Clemson credit for that. With a backup quarterback who hardly ever played, kind of reminds us of what we went through with Syracuse followers with uh, Dungey getting hurt the last couple of years and having to put backups in, and Give them the credit. I mean, they made the stops to get Syracuse off the field, and then they did what they had to do to score with that 94-yard drive. 
Brad, let's look at this Saturday against Pitt. There's a lot riding on this game. A win puts them at five wins, one win away from a bowl game. A win might also vault them into the top 25. It's not an easy place to play. Syracuse hasn't won there since the Paul Pasqualoni era, but this has a feeling of a huge game for the Orange. Well, I'm, I'm joking. You know, I wrote this week, I consider Syracuse ranked. Let's call them 28th, okay? They're, they're right there, and I know it's semantics from 25 up, but you know, they're playing as one of the top, you know, 25, 30 teams in the country. So you're right. This game is what any football coach tells you is each week in and week out. The next most important game, of course, is the next one on the schedule, and that's it. And really important because while we looked at Clemson as being, you know, really where this program is matching up against, you know, a team so highly ranked on the road, now you're with a pit team, more competitive. These games have been, you know, pretty competitive over the last 15 years. And you're right, it's winning on the road, which this team has had trouble doing in the ACC under Dino Babers and, and Scott Schaefer, for that matter. So it's winning on the road in conference play against a team you match up really well against. And when you look, as you said, to the, the win total to get to a bowl game, this is critical for, in this case, win number five, just to make it that much easier as the, as the schedule gets tougher down the stretch. Brad, every football coach will tell you that they only look at the game in front of them. We in the media don't have that problem. Syracuse has four wins right now, and they have only one ranked team left to play. That's Notre Dame at Yankee Stadium in November. Then they go on the road at Boston College to end the season. But they're otherwise favored in every other game. That projects to nine wins. So if they get to that number, that's a major bowl game. Are we getting ahead of ourselves here? And how do you see the rest of the season playing out? Well, I think it is a little bit too soon because, of course, we haven't you know, mentioned you know, there's going to be potential injuries at key positions as the season certainly continues. That's one thing to factor. But here's how we look at the schedule. Pittsburgh certainly a winnable game. I would think Syracuse is going to bounce back and get only its second win ever at Heinz Field in that one. The off week then comes at a perfect time exactly halfway through the season. All teams need that both physically and mentally. Then back home knowing for two consecutive home games, against North Carolina and NC State. North Carolina, again, down this season, should be a winnable game at home. NC State kind of scares me a little bit. Ryan Finley's had a great year. I put him right up at the same level as Dungy, among the top quarterbacks in the ACC. They have played really well so far. So they play Syracuse tough each year. That's going to be a tough game in the Dome. Then the key pivotal game, first one in November, on the road at Wake Forest. BC went down there and beat them. Syracuse has to do the same thing, kind of that pecking order of the smaller private schools in the Atlantic Division, jostling for position, you know, at, following Clemson and, and I think NC State at this point. Then you go to uh, the home game on a Friday night against Louisville. They owe the Cardinals, right, from what Lamar Jackson did two years ago in the famous hurdle over Cordell Hudson to last year's blitz in the bad weather down there. So they're going to have Louisville circled for that Friday night game. We know Syracuse likes those Friday night under the light games in the dome. Then you have Notre Dame on a neutral field. So that's going to be certainly interesting. I expect Syracuse would play its, you know, A level game and all the alumni down there, the challenge going up against the team that'll likely be in the top five or top three at that point, as long as they keep winning. And then the finale at BC, and that's going to be a grudge match. So you're right, Wes. I think it's in that eight, four range right now. Is it kind of the bowl game between the independence military and quick lane versus the Belk, Music City, and Sun Bowls. Those kind of two levels. Brad, we are running out of show. Your closing thoughts. My closing thoughts, I just want to say how, as a 
following Syracuse football for 44 years, when football is winning, there's nothing like it because we know the success Syracuse has had at a basketball school thanks to Jim Beheim. But the years when football is getting national attention, boy, that just feels so good because, of course, the two major uh, big dog show, uh, shows on campus. And just want to mention that how good it feels to see the name Syracuse close to the top 25 and being talked about by the national media. It kind of feels like you're back inclusive uh, in, in the race for a national championship. Absolutely, Brad. Falls are so much nicer when Syracuse football is relevant. And Brad, my closing thoughts are on 6'11 center John Bull Ajak committing to the Orange on Tuesday night. Ajak is a three-star recruit and the 61st rated center in the class of 2019, according to 24-7 Sports. He chose the Orange over offers from Pitt, VCU, Connecticut, and George Washington. I think Syracuse is going to pick up a few more commitments over the next few weeks, starting with 6'7 wing Quincy Guerrier from Canada, who announced the top three of Illinois, Oregon, and the Orange on Wednesday night. That's it for us for Brad Bierman. This is Wes Chang reminding you that one thing I've noticed is that people don't like it when you give them suggestions about their tattoos. You've been listening to the Juice on the Cues podcast on SNY.TV, and we'll see you next time. This has been the Juice on the Cues podcast, part of the SNY.TV audio network. Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com slash play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com slash play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.